be okay if I read you something that I wrote? Is that okay with everybody? All right. Here we go. I wrote this. Uh, thinking about East Side. Okay. Memories flooding, love flowing, joy abounding, people growing, youth going, Bible teaching, praises singing, groceries distributing, volunteers helping, children learning, laughter showing, fellowship rising, Prayers ascending, boxes packing, saints eating, hearts healing, tears streaming, generous giving, excitement building, Jesus saving, kingdom expanding, spirit leading, gospel sharing, God honoring, Light shining, Christ reigning, east side glowing. <laughs> now that's what I really wanted to say. I have a message for you from the book of Jude. And uh, just the last two verses of that book. So I want to share with you from God's word. Thank you again for being here today. Uh, Bob and Gloria Bedford from Operation Christmas Child are here. Polk County's coordinators right there. Y'all stick your hands up. Thank you for coming today. My uh, my good friend Daryl Schaefer, who's a deacon at First Baptist Church Davenport, where I served for eight years. He and I shared many a cup of coffee and conversation together. Became dear friends. He's here to support me today, and I'm really grateful for that. Anita's parents came today. Hard for them to be here, but they came, and I'm so grateful that they did. Grateful for each and every one of you being here. Some of you stepping beyond your comfort zone to come and share in this time. And I'm just really grateful that you came and share this time with us. I, I know you know that I love you, right? And I have so many things in my heart. I'm hopeful I can get them all out today. The last time I'll be speaking to you as your pastor. I've prayed and struggled to know just what to say as I leave you for a new ministry and I entrust you to a new pastor. And it's very hard for me to do that. It's hard for me to let go and turn this over to somebody else because I've grown to love you. I wasn't supposed to be here this long. And uh, if you... You have gotten under my skin and in my heart, and it's hard for me to let you go. So I said, okay, well, what can I share today? 
Bible is alive, the words of Scripture are alive, and they convey so much more than I could ever hope to say. If you're listening by way of the Internet, um, I hope that you will follow along with us. Thank you for being part of our listening audience and studying God's Word with us for these last three years. I hope you'll continue that as the new pastor starts his ministry next Sunday. And uh, I hope that you will stay with Eastside and the Bible study and preaching of the Word that will take place here. Jude was one of the four half-brothers of Jesus. Yes, he had half-brothers, even had sisters. So they were born of Joseph. But Jesus was the only one born of God. Amen. So Jude was one of those four half-brothers, and he wrote this letter specifically to confront false teaching in the church. But his benediction is one of the most beautiful uh, in all of the New Testament, and it seems a fitting conclusion to my ministry here at Eastside. So if you have your Bibles, Jude verses 24 and 25. Last two verses. If you want to go to Revelation, then take a left. It's right there. Okay. Jude, verses 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. One of the reasons I'm free to leave his side is because I know he's going to keep me from stumbling. You know, it's not my church. It's not Carol Butler's church. It's not even your church. It's his church. He's able to keep you. And I entrust you to his care. He's able to keep you from stumbling and to present you Faultless, or the word blameless. He is able to present you faultless or blameless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Well, these verses are a benediction. They are the closing words of Jude's letter. And they give us three things that can give us confidence and courage for the future. Nobody likes change. None of us do. We don't like things to change. We like for them to remain the same. But God has a way of putting us through change and stretching us to become more than we are presently. I have every expectation and confidence that Eastside's best days are still ahead. I think uh, God has great plans. Because of your love for one another, because of your love for Christ, because of your desire to reach the lost, I have confidence that east side is going to be just fine. Let's talk about three things that give us courage and confidence for the future. 
Number one, if you're following along in your listening guide, our confidence and courage must be in Christ. Listen to verse 24 again. Now to him who is able to keep you. That's what the scripture says. It's about him. He's the one who's able to keep you from stumbling. It's a phrase that speaks about God's power, his omnipotence. He is a powerful, gracious, good, kind, loving, merciful father. And he loves the church. He's all-powerful. Nothing is too hard for him. You know, while I've been here at Eastside, uh, I've tried to convey to you that we can't fix this. In fact, I've even had you say, I can't fix this. Would you say that with me right now? I can't fix this. I can't fix this. It's an admission that I am not able to work things out. There's things in all of our lives that need to get worked out. And you all have a future that is certain because of who Jesus is, but it's uncertain in our minds and hearts. We don't know what's getting ready to happen. But if we'll all just simply say, I can't fix this, I can't make this right, I can't do this and fix it. You know, all of us want to. We want to do all that we can to fix things. I'm a fixer, so I understand that. I, I want to just work things out. But the truth of the matter is, God is the one who's at work, and he does a much better job of fixing things than we can. So what this verse says is, to him who is able to keep us from stumbling. Your future is not dependent on Pastor White. Your future is not dependent on Pastor Butler. Your future is dependent on the Lord of glory, the one who is all-powerful. So our confidence must be in Christ. It's his church. It's his will. It's his kingdom. It's his work. It's all about him. So we can have confidence in him. You know, one of the things I love about being on our knees here at the front is that we are expressing our dependence upon the Lord. Not on a person, not on an organization, not on our teamwork, not on our resources, on him. Can I just say this very clearly? Friends, you're not going to make it without him. You will not make it. You can try as hard as you wish, but you're not going to make it without him. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling, he's able to do that. Listen to Genesis 18:14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Please answer. Nothing is too hard for him. Deuteronomy 7.21 You shall not be in dread of them, for the Lord your God is in your midst, a great and awesome God. Matthew 19.26 
But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. The power of Christ to sustain us keeps us from falling, keeps us from temptation, keeps us from worry and anxiety, keeps us from sinful rebellion, keeps us from self-pity, keeps us from self-doubt and depression, keeps us from drugs and alcohol, keeps us from anything that might destroy our lives. The power of Christ can get you through anything you're facing today. Now to him who is able. Is he able? Of course he is. He is able to get you through whatever it is you're facing today. I have confidence that God is able to keep you. He's able to guide you, to protect you, to provide for you, and to prosper you. May I say to Eastside, you're in good hands. He is well able to keep you. I entrust you to his care. Second thing, our confidence and courage must be rooted in our relationship to Christ. Our confidence and courage must be rooted in our relationship to Christ. Verse 24 says that Christ will one day present us before the Father blameless with great joy, exceeding joy. So if I'm going to have confidence and courage for the future, then I must have confidence that Christ is able, by his power, to provide everything I need for anything I will face in the future. My confidence is not in my abilities. My confidence is in Christ. One day, he's going to present me before the Father. He's going to stand by me and declare that I am one of his own. Now, just so that I can give David Moorhead a hard time, I'm going to ask him to come up here and stand next to me, please. Sermon illustration. All right? Now, y'all don't know this, but David's testimony would really knock your socks off. Uh, you know, David... The Lord Jesus Christ reached into a jail cell and touched this man's heart. And not too long ago, he reached into his heart and said, David, I want you to serve me. One day, David is going to pass from this life into the Lord. And the Lord Jesus will stand next to him the way I am. He'll say, Father, this is one of mine. He belongs to me. All of his sins have been covered in my blood. He is righteous before you because I gave him my righteousness. It is my joy to present him to you as your child. 
that's what gives us confidence. It's not what we accomplish. It's not our abilities. It's not our resources. It's not any circumstance that we can see. Our confidence is in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He alone is the one who can lift us up out of a prison cell, out of a drunken stupor. Amen? He's the one who can lift you out of drug addiction, out of pornography. He can lift you out of a wrong relationship. He can lift you out of brokenness. He can lift you out of depression. He can lift you out of a grieving heart. Our relationship with Christ gives us confidence and courage for the future. If you're relying on anything else, my friend, you're relying on the wrong thing. Christ is the one. Let me just say this. I am so proud of David Moorhead. There are joys that I have in this ministry. This is one of them. Just watching what God has done in his life and the, the way he's loved on these young people, I'm just as proud of him as I can be. And I expect great things from him. Can you say amen? Absolutely. Not that I'm not proud of all of you. But there are special joys that you get, you know. May I just say something to you? Right out of my heart, okay? When I got here to East Side, there was a deacon I met named Red Allen. Where's Marlene? You got your tissues? <laughs> And Red, before he got saved, was a barefoot drunk. And God got a hold of him, saved him, forgave him, set him free. And he became the sweetest, most kind, compassionate being. Just so ready to help people, to love on them. And uh, I just thrilled to have the privilege he was just a kind man. And the kindness that he displayed came from his relationship with Jesus. That, that's not the Red Allen that the rest of the city knows, you know. They, they knew the, the guy that would stand and fight with you for nothing. But we came to know the, the Red Allen who was transformed by the grace of God. And, and it was my privilege. And, and listen, that's what Christ does in people's lives. He takes them from where they are and he transforms them under his power and his grace and he uses them to display his glory. And he'll do that in you. That's where your confidence comes. It's your relationship with Christ. It's nothing else. Your confidence should not be in the church. The church can't save you, friend. The church can't do anything for you. It is an expression of his body. And Christ is the one who is the power. He's the one who is the glory. He's the one who can forgive sins and 
transformed lives. He's the one that can set you free. If you're looking at anybody else, you're just looking at the wrong person. It's Christ. Our relationship with Him. What did Jude say? Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you. One day He'll present you before the Father with great joy. Not just David, but every person He's redeemed by His blood. He will present you before the Father and He'll do it joyously. That's our Savior. And you can have confidence because of Him. You can have confidence and courage. Listen, friend, listen. Listen carefully. He is in control. He knows what He's doing. Even when we don't. And you can trust Him. You can have confidence and courage about your future because of who Jesus is. Because of your relationship with Him. One day, He's going to declare, I have bought them with my precious blood. He will declare that He's given us His righteousness. He will declare that we are blameless, completely forgiven for all sin for all time. He'll declare that we are loved, accepted, and forgiven forever. He will make this declaration with joy before the Father. Imagine that. He loves you that much. What a great saint. I have confidence that Eastside Baptist Church belongs to Jesus. You are His precious possession. He rejoices over you. You are in good hands. Number three. Our confidence and courage must be focused on His glory. When I meet with deacons every Sunday back here for prayer, one of our prayers is that God will be glorified in everything said and done. You know, it's amazing what God can do when we give Him the glory. When we're not wrestling with Him to steal His glory. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory. Listen, God is by nature a saving God. It is His nature to save us. It is His nature to rescue us. It's His nature to deliver us. It's His nature to redeem us, to free us, to revive us, to renew us, to refresh us, and one day to resurrect us. It is His nature to do that. That is, He wants to do it. It is part of who He is. So, friend, if you need deliverance today, if you need to be saved today, if you need to be forgiven today, if you need some rescue today, you are looking at a God whose nature it is to do that for you. You're not asking Him to do something He doesn't want to do. It's His nature to save. So whenever you need to be rescued, just cry out to Him because it's His nature to do so. You're asking Him to do something that is consistent with who He is. Would you just meditate on that for a minute? It's the nature of our God to want to save us. And He's ready to do that for anyone who will reach out to Him. Anyone. He's the one who's done everything. 
He gave us the desire. He planned our salvation, worked it out in our lives to reveal Jesus. Put in our hearts repentance. He's the one who gave us the faith to believe. He made us alive. He's the one that's done it all. First Sunday I was here, there were 16 people. Half of those were deacons in their families. They started praying. God started adding to our number. We started growing. Let me just say this. He's the one that did it. He did the work. He did it all. We started off baptizing some people. God did that. I mean, God put it in the hearts of people to get saved, and he put it in their hearts to rededicate their lives to him, and he put it in their hearts to serve him. And the faithfulness of this congregation has been awesome to behold. The faithfulness of this congregation is awesome to behold. And I want to say this as clearly as I know how. To him be the glory. He gets the glory for it all. And listen, friends, if Eastside Baptist Church is going to progress in the kingdom, if we're really going to grow and minister the way he intends, It'll be because we only seek His glory. It's all about giving God the glory. We want Him to be glorified. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about our agenda. It's about doing the will of God from the heart so that He gets the glory. And when you don't care who gets the glory, it's amazing what God does. So I ask you, Eastside, will you be focused on the glory of God. That's the secret to the success of the church. Focus on the glory of God. Focus on serving Him out of a heart of love because you want to see Him glorified. Listen to the way God is described in this verse. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Majesty. That's the reign of the Father and the Son. Listen, Christ reigns. He's reigning right now. He's on his throne. You say, how in the world could Christ be on the throne and this political mess be going on? I assure you, the Lord Jesus Christ is fully in control. And he may just show you how much he's in control. There are no political solutions. You do realize that. The Democrats do not have the answers. Neither do the Republicans. And the Independents don't either. 
none of those folks can fix it, right? What did we say when we started? I can't fix this. I wish every one of the political parties would say that. I can't fix this. But God can. He's the one who can. And He reigns. That's His majesty. The reigning power of the Father and the Son over everything. Listen, not one molecule in the whole universe escapes the reigning power of Christ. Majesty, dominion. This is the absolute rule of Jesus Christ over everything. You say, you mean to tell me that Jesus Christ is controlling everything that's happening? He is. Absolutely. Well, what about that report I got of cancer? Yes, he's in charge. What about my loved one that has Alzheimer's? Yes, he's in charge. What about the loss of my husband? Yes, he's in control. What about that accident? Yes, he's in control. You say, well, I don't understand that. Well, join the club. We do not understand it because we are not infinite. God says his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are above our ways. He is so much in control, it's beyond our ability to comprehend. He is fully in control. And listen to this. He's so much in control that even your free will can't violate what he dictates. Yes, you have the power of choice. You can do whatever you want to do. But I promise you this. God is in control. And he's in control of every little detail. You can fight against that all you want to. It's not going to change anything. He is in control. That's dominion. He has dominion over everything. All that's happening in your life and mine. And listen. You say, ah, you don't understand the painful things that I've been through. Listen, listen. God is good by nature. He is powerful by nature. He is saving by nature. And everything he allows in your life, even the painful stuff, is intended to bring you to Christ. Because that's where life is. You and I have no life apart from Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the... You do not have life apart from Jesus Christ. You have an existence. You do not have life. When you have Jesus Christ, you have life eternal. He is the one who reigns. And everything he works in your life is to draw you to Jesus because God knows Jesus is the answer. He's the one who gives you life and gives it abundantly. Majesty, dominion, then all power or authority is the word that's used. This is the supreme right of Jesus Christ to do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, wherever he wants, with whomever he wants. That's supreme authority. And nobody can stop him from doing what he's going to do. Nobody, not in heaven or on earth. The devil has not a prayer of stopping Jesus Christ from doing what he's going to do. Jesus has all authority. 
This means that in your life and mine, everything that touches us came to us through his hand. If he allowed it in your life, he has a purpose for it in your life. And it's a good purpose. Because God only does what is good and what is right and what is true and what is holy. It's all going to bring him glory one day. And he is the one who is in control. My confidence and courage comes because God is ultimately in control of everything. And I am his child. Majesty, dominion, authority. And then he says, before all time. That is, in eternity past, before time ever existed, before the creation of the universe, Jesus was in control. He says, before all time, he had majesty, dominion, and authority. Now, he has dominion and authority. That's in this present age. Then he says, forever. That is eternity future. God holds all of time between his fingers and he exists out here in eternity and he exists in here in time. And he fully controls everything. That's the God I want to serve. There are lots of gods you can serve. In fact, you could even serve yourself. But one day, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So I want to bow my knee here and now. One day every knee will bow. You mean even lost people? Yes. Even lost people, even rebellious, disobedient people will one day bow the knee before the Lord of glory. He's the Lord of all. And they will be forced to confess Jesus is I have great confidence and courage for the future because I'm focused on his glory. God gets the glory. He deserves it all. And we want to give him glory. He alone deserves all the glory for all eternity. Now I'm going to close this service the way I've been closing services for a while. So this should be very familiar to you. What's your next step? Maybe you're here today and you need to commit your life to Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about joining this church. I'm talking about a relationship with the Lord Jesus. Religion will not save you. Only a relationship with the living Christ will save you. And my friends, it's as easy as ABC, right? A, admit that you're a sinner. Nobody comes to Jesus Christ without admitting that they're a sinner. 
Admitting that you're a sinner means I turn my back on sin and I turn toward Christ. I say, I don't want that to be part of my life anymore. I want Jesus. That's called repentance. The gospel is repentance from sin and faith in Jesus Christ. That's the A, admit that you're a sinner. B, believe that Jesus Christ died for you, that his blood was shed on Calvary's cross to pay for your sins. Believe that he died and that on the third day he rose from the dead. B, believe on Jesus Christ. Whoever believes will not be ashamed. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believing is not head knowledge. Believing is fully trusting in Jesus Christ and Him alone. That brings us to letter C. Commit your life to Christ. This is not try God like you would try a pizza. This is commit your life to the Lord Jesus. You turn the controls over to Him. You commit your life to Him. You say, Lord, You are the Lord of my life. Without You, I would be headed right for hell. Without You, I would be under the wrath of God. Without You, I have no life. And you commit your life to Jesus Christ. You don't try God. You surrender to God. Commit your life to Him. So if you're here today, you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ, and you need to do that today. This is a great day to do it. Now is the appointed time of salvation. Is there anybody here that needs to commit your life to Jesus Christ? You've never done that before? You've never said yes to Jesus, and today you need to do that? Is there anybody here that needs to do that? I'm just going to ask you to stand up, because if you can't stand up in here, you'll never stand up out there. Right? Is there anybody here that needs to do that? Any young person? Any adult that needs to be saved today? Right? Perhaps this is your next step. You need to recommit your life to Jesus. Something you can do right where you are. You can say, Lord, you know, I've been living... In my own strength, I've been neglecting the Bible. I've been neglecting prayer. I've been neglecting fellowship with other believers. I've neglected my relationship with you. I've just put you on the back burner. I haven't been walking with you, but I need to come back and trust you as my Savior, my Lord. I need you to take control again of my life. And it's a recommitment of your life. Without anybody standing up, is there anybody here that needs to do that? Would you just raise your hand? Anybody that needs to recommit your life to the Lord Jesus? There's one, there's another, there's another. Amen. Why do you think my hand is raised? <laughs> sure. You, you know, commitment to Christ is not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing relationship. There's a third possibility. Maybe you've never been publicly baptized. You need to go public with your faith. You know, every time somebody got saved in the New Testament, the next thing that happened was they were baptized. It was a public way of declaring that they wanted to follow the Lord Jesus. Yes, I'm not ashamed to follow Jesus, and so I want to be baptized. Publicly, 
to let everybody know baptism doesn't save you. It doesn't add to your salvation. It is a public profession of faith in Jesus. And maybe that's your next step. If there's somebody here that needs to do that, I would love to talk with you about that after the service. We'll arrange for your public baptism here at Eastside. Your public declaration of faith. Finally, this might be your next step. Maybe you need to become a member here at Eastside Baptist Church. Great church. Loving people. Why? We'll just about take anybody. Let me tell you something about Eastside. It's a loving fellowship. We welcome people here. Welcome them. Encourage them to be involved. Give them opportunities to serve the Lord Jesus and grow in their relationship with Him. If you want to talk about becoming a member here at Eastside, serving Christ here at Eastside, and growing in faith here at Eastside, and growing in the fellowship and loving one another here at Eastside, I'd love to talk to you about what that means. That might be your next step. Okay. We have a word of prayer today. Father, thank you for your presence and the ministry of your Holy Spirit among us. We're so grateful for all that you've done in our lives. So grateful for the worship, the time of prayer. We're grateful for your word that gives us such confidence and courage for the future. So thankful, Lord, that you have this. We are right in the palm of your hand. No one can pluck us from your hand. So grateful that you are fully in control. I pray for those today who've made new commitments to Christ, recommitments of their lives. I ask you, Lord, to seal that by the Holy Spirit. Seal that by the Holy Spirit in each heart. Work out your plan and purposes in us and may those decisions be made very real in every heart, with every hand that was raised and for even those who are simply too shy. Work out your plan and purpose, Father. Seal those decisions by the Holy Spirit and forbid the enemy from stealing the seed of your word. May it find a place in all of our lives and grow and bear good fruit to the praise of your glory. Dear Father, in a few minutes we're going to eat some food together. We want to ask you to bless our fellowship around the tables. May the words we say be sweeter than the dessert we eat. May our love for each other continue to increase and abound. May we be found faithful. May God's Spirit be at work even around those tables. Give us great conversations that point us to Jesus. May He receive all the glory. In Jesus' great name we pray. Amen. I just want to finish up before we do announcements and offerings. I wrote down some things that I just didn't want to forget to say. Ready? I want you to know 
that Kay and I have loved every minute of our ministry with you. And I could not have done what I did without my precious wife. No man has ever had a better wife in ministry than I have. She does by nature what every pastor wishes his wife would do. And I'm proud of her and I want to honor her. May I say that, you know, Paul had his really difficult churches. Corinth was one of them. And then he had a church that brought him great joy was the church of Philippi. He wrote the letter of Philippians. And I want you to know that you have been my Philippi. Your kindness and love and generosity and faithfulness have been a testimony of Christ to Kay and I. You could not have treated us any better. I hope you'll do the same thing. You treat him with the kindness you've shown me, you're going to be just fine. Daryl Schaefer's deacon over at First uh, Baptist Davenport. There are good deacons over at First Baptist Davenport. But since I left there, I've become a better pastor. And I think that this is the finest group of deacons I have ever served with. Hand for our deacons. I, I just want to commend you deacons publicly because you have been there faithful, dependable. You've offered wise counsel and unwavering support to this pastor and I love you for it and I thank you for it. You've just been great, great. And I could go on and on and on the people who've been faithful teaching the Bible week after week, working with our children week after week. I already bragged on David and Chantel and you know, you're our praise team that's been so faithful. Millard's been my right hand. Uh, you know, y'all have just been wonderful. Well, I love you too, Phyllis. Please understand that I must leave in order for you and your new pastor to move forward. So I have to leave. It's not because I don't want to talk to you. I just need you to bond with your new pastor. I hope you understand that. It's not fair to him for me to keep lingering around. How can he be pastor if I'm still pastor? You know what I'm saying? I hope you understand that. It doesn't change how I feel about you. We are forever connected by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to see you again one day. Right? Amen. That's all I want to share.
announcements. Right here, brother. We, uh, as the church, the Eastside Baptists have a party gift for Mother's Day. And we want you to open them now. That says Doc. This is Doc Hank Day. 